everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we are back and we are talking about the 2020 film from Korea, The Call. South Korea, not North Korea. I don't know why I feel like I have to stipulate that, but clearly. <laughs> Korea works. Because <laughs> I think even there's just like Korean movie. Yeah. We ain't got to be specific. What? <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is ending the July leg of our summer of surprise, where we spin a wheel on Thursday, Thursdays, and the wheel tells us what to cover for the month. Because we don't know. make decisions. We make drinks. <laughs> exactly. All right, Sheree, let's get into this the call, this mind fuckery of a movie that I'm, I I really liked it. Same, because it's not my typical movie, because I love a good entrail, but also there's something to be said. Like I, I've never had a bad time with a Korean horror movie. I, I've said this many times, many ways on all of our episodes. And so the fact that even the Korean slow burns are bops, because yeah. this was this was sexy. And I, I do think, I think that, I, I'm just going to say this. I think that the wheel did us good this month. Listen, listen. The wheel did us good this month. You already forgot them first two movies. <laughs> My first two, I mean, Paranormal Activity 4. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, been, it still could have been worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you picked, because, like, I only picked gold. But I don't know what else you had. <laughs> you picked Paranormal Activity 4. <laughs> I like continuity. I, not because it was a great time. <laughs> I had forgotten what she was about. I had forgotten. <laughs> but no, I, I really like this um, movie. As usual, yes. I have nothing but tens across the board. Acting, costumes, set, story, all of it. Even the CGI, and I hate CGI, was winning. The CGI worked. I think, number one, I just want to say this. As usual, this house is gorgeous. Listen. It looked like a castle. Listen, even when it's decrepit in the future... I was like, I was still living her. I've lived in worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is a gorgeous home, gorgeous architecture, the outside, the balconies, the towers. I loved it. Now, the creepy Wait. basement, I could give or take, but. <laughs> I don't be dealing with basements. I don't be dealing with basements at all. Listen, listen. It, it, it was just a gorgeous thing to look at. And again, like I, we've never had a bad time in Korea. I have yet to see for this podcast, a bad movie in Korea. <laughs> I'm sure in my own findings, I'm, I found a couple I've quickly forgotten about, but like, it's always like a feast on the eyes. It's always an experience. Like, even if, I think that even if the movie had been bad, which this one is not, I would have been like, but it's gorgeous to look at. Look at this coat. Look at this turtleneck situation sweater. <laughs> and also, like, the story was so... The story would not let me just be like, mm, I'm checking out. Because it was like, bitch, you got to think. I'm like, no, it's a holiday, supposedly. It's one of them <laughs> fake holidays, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, like, you say the slow burn. I don't, and, it, and it was... But it's still like there. There have been other slow burns that, that have lost me. Oh um, yeah. And this one, I was with it the whole time. And, and honestly, there's even been some slow burns from like Korea that lost me too. And, and like, but this yeah. one, I think it was the characters, especially the two our two leads, kept me invested. Yeah. Just because the way their relationship 
developed and changed and developed and changed <laughs> was so interesting, especially because, okay, I, I've seen this convention used a lot where like the phone is able, you're able to communicate with someone from the past and, you know, it, it's, and that, that's been used a lot. Like I can think of two or three American films that have used that same kind of convention, but I've never seen one that they're so close in time that it intermingles. Like when they met, like when, when they come to show the house and like, she's the little girl and, and the other, and like they, so that, it, but she knows who she is. That was so interesting. And when the, it when make sure you get the name right. When young Sook decides that she can save Siyun's uh, father, that's never that, and the, even in those movies that use that same convention, that never happens because they're so far apart. You know what I mean? I just thought the interconnectedness of both timelines made this even more effective and interesting. I, I'm gonna rewind and come back for this. The slow burn aspect I'm talking about, though, is that like we don't get actual conflict until like the last hour, because right. like we're we're. Yeah we're seducing us into this world and we're having them like get along and kiki. And then like the last hour, we're like, Oh, there, there's going to be some danger here from somebody we didn't see coming from. And then it starts to escalate. And then like the last 30, 40 minutes, it's just like, Oh, ho, 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 you didn't fuck up. Um, and so like it, to see a movie, cause this movie is almost two hours. It's let me get an exact time for it. It's an hour, hour 52 minutes. Yeah. So the first 52 minutes, not a kill. We're, we're misdirected the danger. So we think the danger is something that we're going to overcome. And we overcome it pretty quickly. And so it, it felt like a very, very slow burn. But it was not like a bad time. It was more like, is this going to be more of like a thriller? Is it going to be, what are we doing? I don't know. And then it was like, haha, bitch, you forgot who you talking to. <laughs> <laughs> but to come back to the last points you were making, it, I, I love when people who have a time travel situation can like do that and like it affects change because how many people would like travel back in time and not change anything? That's a fucking lie. You're going back to change something. And yeah. when you do, it's the butterfly effect. What does it fuck up? What does it cost you in the future? Because you can't have a happy ending when you're rearranging life. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. And the, just the, the twists and the turns were super fun. Oh, oh, oh you were talking about the cassette and the costumes of I want to talk about the soundtrack, the score. This soundtrack is giving me late 90s American slasher vibes, and I'm so here for it. Like the kind of grungy rock with, or, and then like funky rock. I, I, yeah, here for the soundtrack. Yeah, no, I, again, tens across the board. Tens, tens on tens, tens on tens, ten and ten. 10 plus 10, 10 times 10. I, <laughs> I, I have no, I have no notes. <laughs> I have no notes. <laughs> um, it was a damn good time, especially if you're wanting something that's not going to like stress you out, but you want to be engaged. Like This is a good movie you can put on with your glass of wine for the evening. You can put it on in the morning when you don't really want to get out of bed. You can put it on in the middle of the day when you're like, my caffeine hit me too hard, but I got to focus a little bit on something. Like it is, it is my new favorite Netflix find. Yes. And one of the few good Netflix finds. Listen, Netflix and me don't be getting out of that. Um, yeah, um, you got this and you got Stranger Things. <laughs> listen, um, <laughs> I I do love the turns that this movie takes and how it takes them. Because again, we, we spend that first 15 minutes not really like fucking up anything. Um, but as we like 
roll back these drapes and these curtains were like, hmm, that's odd. Hmm, that's odd. Yeah. Um, and because of the way it like eased us into it, um, it was almost like easing into a hot bath, you know? You're like, oh, can my feet are comfortable. Let me put them uh, legs in. Oh, legs are comfortable. Let me put the rest of them. Oh, let me lean back. Um, I, I felt like I was being seduced by a movie, y'all, and I'm not mad about it. Um, <laughs> because of the way it like opened up. But like it, it made it hard to figure out what was going on for the right reasons. I couldn't look at this and be like, clearly this is going to end here with this happening here. You cannot, even if you know the overarching thing, you cannot be like, you can't see where this is going to go. Right. Well, and like, it did a really good job in the beginning of setting it up to look like Young Sook, her mother, was going to be like the real, like she's the, the unhinged one that's yeah. like abusing her daughter. But then... <laughs> When that change happens, and I made the note, I was like, Young Sook's turn from friendly to not so much was super effective. That, and they even tried to misdirect us again, because when the mother comes to, when the stepmom comes to kill her, um, she's like, it's an exorcism gone wrong. And I'm like, huh? We got demons. <laughs> there are no demons. It's just a girl who kills her stepmom and then starts to have fun. I love her as a killer because she was having fun as an actor and it made the all, whole experience fun. Like her punching her stepmom in trash bags and a thing full of water, having fun. Her like eating these strawberries, being like the strawberry man wasn't here to the cops. She was she was doing dastardly deeds and I was living. I was living. And the fact that she was able to control what was happening by her connection to her connection to see from the, from the future. Like that's how she was able to figure out how she got arrested. So she wouldn't get arrested. How she and continued to evade the police. I thought that was really interesting until you see started to stand up to her and figure out like yeah. that she was using her for that. I just love that young Sook went from don't tell me the future. Cause my real mother said, I should never know my future. It's all bad news. Yeah, um, when Siyun is like, you saved my dad from the fire in the past, so I'm going to save you. I'm going to tell you you're going to die. That's when that switch clicks and we create a villain. And now she's like, I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> and then she's kidnapped her as a child and just torturing her. And I, I just, it gets, she goes so unhinged so fast. Like, she is one of my favorite villains. I want to redo a list of ladies who kill for Dread Central so I can have her featured uh, I, I'm here for her again this actor had fun this actor's name let me try and do this name Jeon Jung Siu if I'm saying that correctly I'm, I'm probably butchering it because I am from Missouri and I've been drinking but like that actor the turns she makes and the choices she makes stole the movie because like her and Park Shin Kai I think is how I say that they work well together but like this bitch understood the assignment. She was oh, yeah. like, how, she a great villain. how often will I get to play a villain? Let me have every piece of fun I can have. She was finding work for herself. <laughs> she was finding moments for herself. Um, she was looking into the right lights and cameras in a way that was like un unsettled. Like literally, because she gets to like slowly release. And then she's like full villain. Boom. Phoenix born. Um, and I was like, and you kind of want her to get away with it, even though she's not who you should be rooting for, but she's having so much fucking fun. You're like, mm, kill two more people. Kill two more people. Just do two more. And then we're going to stop, okay? Like yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. She was, she did a great job playing the villain. And I was, and I'm with you. I was like on her side up until she started like going after Siyun's family. That's when I was like, don't kill the dead. That's so sad. 
That's just it, though. The dad should have never been saved. Um, because what is is is, unfortunately. And when you go back and start undoing that, you, who knows what else you're fucking up? Because that puts the dad in places he wasn't in originally. And so, like, y- you know, which right. is why no, that's true. Him. Yeah, which is why she took him back. I was like, okay, that might be our last real death. And she's like, no, bitch, I'm gonna kill some more people. I'm like, you get it, girl. Get I'm it. Try to kill her mama. I'm gonna try to kill her as a child. I'm gonna try to kill. <laughs> No, and it and it made me wonder wh- how the stepmom knew this bitch was evil because we don't know what the stepmom knows or that she was gonna try and kill her after an exorcism failed. That's true. So maybe maybe they're both villains. Maybe villain villain begets villain. I think stepmom knew something, but I don't know what she knew because like how do you get a child and be like this bitch is evil? And so like I don't know yeah. if she's killed before and we don't talk about it or what. That's my one thing I have a question about. But I yeah. I was having so much fun, I let it go. But now that we're here talking about it, I'm like, how did stepmom know try <laughs> exorcism? And if exorcism don't work, kill immediately. Like, <laughs> And it, it was an interesting dynamic to see the two relationships, mother-daughter relationships. Of course, the uh, young Sook's mom, it's her stepmother, mm-hmm. not her birth mother. But uh, to see the mother-daughter relationships com- and compare the two in their journeys with each other because Siyun and Siyun's mom are not on the best of terms at the beginning of the movie, but by the end of the movie, they're like besties. And then we go, well, we know what happens with the young six mom. <laughs> no, like I listen, um, that fight, that's not like, oh, we might have a new villain rising, but like, um, Sion and her mom, because so originally at the top of the movie, her mom is in the hospital with some brain tumor or brain cancer. I'm not one bit sure of which specifically what type. Yeah, they were talking um, about tumors and but yeah. 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 And, yeah. And they and they seem to have had a falling out and we don't know what the falling out was about. I think that is because she blamed her mom for leaving the fire um that killed mm-hmm. her dad. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I got. Yeah, yeah. But we don't get all of it. We don't need all of it because again, this is an hour and 42 minutes. We we do it enough. But like I think it's wild that after they go through all of this time travel bullshit and things and murders, her mom seems to be healthy and they have a better relationship. So I kind of wonder if when she's fighting this big bad villain, <laughs> um, Young Sook, if perhaps that hospital trip, they found something to like nip whatever was going to be later on in the bud. Yeah. Or if like, because her and her daughter were talking, perhaps she was like, mom, or exhibiting symptoms of this, go to the doctor. Um, because like the mom is healthy at the end of the movie. Right. Or like maybe that thing about, um, you know, the, the butterfly effect, maybe saving the dad didn't cause the stress that might have caused the tumor that might have, you know, I, who knows? Because you also, okay, I'm interested I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I was a little confused about what was real. So at the end of the movie, Young Sook tells Siyun that it was not her mother that caused her, originally, that caused her dad to die. It was her. Is Was that lie? Was that real or was she lying to her? I think it might be true because we know kids are assholes. And so I, because we see the mom turn it off and we're like, but she turned right. it off. How did she leave it on? She turned it off. And so I can see the kid watching TV and being like, this is a fire. And like, this is a fire. And going to turn it on and in all the chaos, forgetting what she did or not letting herself see what she did. Well, trauma makes you forget, you know. Trauma makes you do the wacky. And so like, I could definitely see her cutting that out and her mom even just like letting her have it because like, how do you tell a kid you killed your parent? Fuck off! <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> right. Um, I can see that. I, I I can see that one hundred percent. I think that I. And I think that again, maybe 
I think that may be why she, in the end, kind of is forgiven her mom because she knows she didn't do it. But also, in this new version, her mom didn't get a chance to kill her dad because the That's dad true. went to the home with her and got murdered. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> if anything, she kind of blame herself now for real. So she killed him <laughs> in both timelines, really. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I also found it interesting that Siyun, when she, when things changed in the past, that her memories didn't change as well because and I think it, I think it's fine those choices that they made but it was like at the end at the end she knows that the mom has taken young sook and thrown her over the the balcony with each, with each other and she comes to in the future and she doesn't know if her mom she knows young sook is no longer there attacking her but she doesn't know if her mom is dead or not but wouldn't you have memories of the last like 10 years with your mom? I think because it's rewriting as they go. Um, I watch a lot of Doctor Who, so like time is wibbly wobbly. <laughs> so just hasn't one. caught up to her yet? Kind yeah, of thing? no, because like she she's still living in what is being reset. And so she's like, oh no, let me go see if my mom's alive. <laughs> um, and maybe after she like goes to sleep, like her memories will catch up with the new time. Okay, right. Or maybe right. because she's experienced this weird situation, she will always be different and know all of the different truths, like Doctor Strange. Yeah, because like at the at the top of the credits, bad bitch is definitely like <laughs> letting us in on the fact that there could be a sequel if we wanted a sequel. Yeah, we'll get to that because I have thoughts. Um, I went mad. <laughs> I yeah. The moment that Young Sook's mom pulled that knife up at the aquarium, I was like, "That's a good idea. I need to keep <laughs> a knife in my aquarium just in case somebody come to my house acting a fool." I could be like. You got something to say? <laughs> <laughs> say it again. <laughs> I grew up in a house with knives everywhere. And so if we had an aquarium, there would have been one or two in there. Um, <laughs> but I was like, that was that's ingenuitive. I never thought of that. <laughs> listen. <laughs> you have six mama, you taught me something. Thank you. I just love that she she dragged this girl out to do an exorcism and then let her go to sleep. And then was like, mm, that didn't work. Let me get the knife. Like, what What was it like in this house? Because every time she calls this bitch from the, the past, she's like, she's trying to set me on fire. Save me. Somebody save me. So I imagine there were many failed exorcisms and rituals. Um, and this is probably not the first time she's pulled a knife on this bitch. Because at one point, she's going to start fighting back, right? I mean, so I just want to know more about like what the stepmom and um, young Sook were living like. <laughs> And do we know where Young Sook's dad is? Is he dead too? Listen, um, I think that he is. I think it's one of the things they have in common. I know that her mom is dead, dead, but I don't know about the dad or if that dad was just never around. Yeah, because there is dialogue that says, "My mom, my mom died." She said, "Well, my dad died," so they kind of bond over their like mm. dead parents. But they never. Yeah. I don't remember Young Sook talking about her dad. I mean, maybe she killed him. Because again, she took to the murder too easy. She's had practice. <laughs> she knew what to do. Cutting her mama's up, body up, and put it in the bags. Listen, I love the fact that she was like, I gotta kill her. I gotta dissect her. So, like, there's smaller parts. But didn't know what to do with her afterwards. So put her in the fucking fridge. And that's when the strawberry man, who was nosing around a place he shouldn't have been in, found her with his bad wig. The wigs the wigs are one of my notes. I, I do have a note about wigs. Um, I forgot about them. 
But like he, who Strawberry Man was done dirty with that wig in the twenty years ago. <laughs> why was that? Why? Why was he in her fridge? Wigs. Why was he in her fridge? You come to deliver strawberries, not to like make a food. You didn't come here to make a meal. <laughs> but he found because like she cut her stepmom up and put her in flashbacks in the fridge. <laughs> And just had them in there because I guess she was like, um, it can't be out in the heat, but also I don't know what to do. I, I'm sheltered. And so that's as far as she got for who knows how many days. And then like, that's why I love, she was like, I got to do something with these bags of the strawberry man found it. She had to kill him too. And so she put them in like the kitchen sink and filled the sink with water. I'm like, baby, what did you do? You're just making wet messes now. What? <laughs> But like they were there for that visual of her punching them when she got the fire. That yes. No. And those those why were they in wigs? Because <laughs> she I, was in one too that was also not as bad. But it wasn't great. I get that when you play around with timelines and alternate uh, versions of selves, you're gonna have to do some hair things. But like you gotta put the wigs up, you gotta secure the wigs. It was nah, they didn't nobody had that haircut in nineteen ninety nine. Listen, Strawberry Man wrote a book like a beetle that was lost <laughs> on tour. And I was like, Strawberry Fields of Heaven? Is that what we're doing? He's in a Beatles cover band. Listen, and I was like, if that's how you get down on the weekends, get it. But also, I'm dropping strawberries off first. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that wig. When he, when he that was up, Will Byers level bad. When she opens the door, that wig took me out. I didn't know who it was, so I couldn't get beyond the wig. And I was like, who, who, who was in this wig? What I was is like, where wig? are we now? What timeline is this? Do we go further back? Are we in the 50s? And then I saw the strawberry. I'm like, oh, it's Strawberry Man? Strawberry Man is that wig? Is it really Strawberry Man under there? I, I leaned forward in my TV. I was like, wait, no. <laughs> What's happened, Strawberry Man? <laughs> We're killing self-esteem and stepmoms. <laughs> right. Oh, God. I did think it was really interesting the way that that death was handled, though, when he tries to call for help, but calls her in the future. And then she walks downstairs, and then it's just like he's gone. And the family's still sitting there, though, but they don't know who she's talking about. It was really well done. I love that whenever um, the phone was picked up 20 years ago on Young Sook's. Um, line. Um, it always dialed Sion, always, no matter what. Um, yeah, because it, it gives you that mystical element because, like, something magical happens with these phones. It's not good magic, obviously, because it connected her with a serial killing bitch from the past. <laughs> um, and so, it don't make sense for the phone to also be like, oh, yeah, here's 911. Um, it's like, no, this is a convention. When you pick up this phone, it calls the future and it calls this bitch's direct line to be like, hey. I'm murdering people. How are you I'm today? trying to live. Listen, uh, I, and I just, I also just really love the turn she made again. I can't get over the turn she made as an actor and a character because she goes from, we're a little bit worried about her and her stepmom who seems to be torturing mm. her to she's killed her stepmom and Strawberry Man and we'll kill again to she's killed your father that she saved originally and is now holding your younger self hostage. And then kills <laughs> the police officer and tries to kill your mother. And just kill you in the future as well. Yeah. Like when she when this bitch phoned herself in the future <laughs> and was like, meet her at the house. We got shit to do. <laughs> That's a power 
move. I'm here for her. She is my new favorite villain. <laughs> Nobody else can have it. I know Nope is coming out. Well, will have come out by the time this is out. Yeah. But like, if Nope doesn't give me a better villain, she's it this year. I won't be for anybody else. <laughs> Yes, I also yeah we talked we hinted at this earlier, but I, I I do think this is one of the few, and I want to emphasize few <laughs> times when the CGI is used effectively. Because I hate CGI, as we know, but it led to some really beautiful moments and like some really cool visuals that let us know what's happening without like a monologue about it. Well, like, and it it was it was tastefully done. Like there wasn't too much. It was yeah. just enough. Like the two moments that stick out to me is when she when she kills the father in the past because she wouldn't mm. answer the phone and her dad's teaching her how to drive in the present and so Sion is like what's happening and like the shards of her father in the car that don't exist anymore because her father doesn't exist anymore or just like hitting her in the face <laughs> that was kind of gorgeous it was a move yeah agreed that was a, that was a good moment and also the moment towards the top where her and um. Oh my god, where her and young Sook are finally like connecting, connecting, and figuring out it's the same house, and the phones are connected somehow, even 20 years apart. And there's that like swoosh of all this almost Disney magic um, connecting them and the embers. And I was like, this is kind of cool. I don't like CGI, so I'm doing more, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think this is it was done effectively this time. Yeah. No, like it was the right amount. And leave it to Korea to figure out how to make me like CGI. <laughs> yes. And I I want to say that the final act was actually really fun. I was a little worried, but I, I think that the parallels they used between Siyun and uh, future Young Sook fighting in the future, and well, in today, in today, I should say, and then. Uh, Siyun's mom and Young Sook fighting in the, in the past was really nice and we actually I love that we got to see Siyun's mother so a woman of a certain age be a badass and protect her daughter I loved that I first off I love that the only people alive at the end of this story are women um, even if they are villainous women <laughs> and we don't know which version of her is alive sometimes because it's a little murky it's a little dicey uh, but still I'm here for it um, but also all of these women look like they're young 20 year olds, including the moms and the stepmoms. That's fair. Cause like, she was all like mama. And I was like, huh? <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know what the skincare regimen is. Um, or if like, it's just like, they a- need to cut, let us know y'all. Cause all everyone in the, everyone, man, woman, any, everyone in between, everyone in this cast is gorgeous. Listen. It was like a Gap commercial that was also made for Halloween because they're like spooky things. Yay! Weird weird wigs, but I'm still right? sexy. Don't worry, but I've just got a weird wig on. Listen, it's a bad wig, but look at this tank top. You can have one too with the Gap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were all very young looking. And so, because even like, because I wanted to be mad about young Sook and present looking the same as in the past. But I'm also like, nobody else is past the age of 20, as far as the women go, it looks like. So, <laughs> yeah, the mom looks exactly the same in the past and in the future. The mom looked younger in the future <laughs> than in the past. And I'm like, what is happening? And the stepmom also looked like she was like maybe 25. And I'm like, um, <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, looking at their headshots on IMDb, I mean, it, it yeah, they. It's a hot cast. Gorgeous. It's, yes, gorgeous. 
It is a very hot cast. Yeah. Look at that silver fox. Sion's father. <laughs> oh. Hey, daddy. Listen. <laughs> I, but yeah, y'all should definitely look at this. Not just because the cast is hot, but because it's a good time. <laughs> cast being hot is just like the cherry on the top of the Sunday. Right? It's like if you want a good story and you want a good time and you also want some eye candy. There you go. We, we have a time for you. Listen, I love sexy t- people who are also talented because so often in life you have to pick or choose. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just and I loved the different parallels happening and how they were edited in with each other and like CU or CU and CU's mom were on the phone together and CU was trying to coach her mom. And then her the, mom, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Her mom pissed me off because she gets on the phone and her daughter in the future is like, Mom, it's me. Get a fucking house. She's a killer. And she hangs up and the policeman's like, What happened? She's like, a woman claiming to be my daughter said there's a murderer in this house. Let me drag out these syllables so she has time to kill you. Oh no! There's a murderer in this house! And I was like, lady, 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 why are you, if somebody, okay, oh, let's pretend for a second you don't believe this one's your daughter. If a person on the phone is saying there's a murderer in the fucking house and you have a missing daughter and a missing husband, and you're in the house of somebody who might be a murderer, go outside. Just try going outside. See how that feels. <laughs> I mean, that's so, that, that is fair. Because, like, all of them, all of these women are very smart and very strong. And that just felt like a random moment to get this cop murdered, which, I mean, I'm not above killing cops on screen. But also, <laughs> I was like, you're smarter than this. No, because she was dragging it out. She was dragging it out. <laughs> it's it like was, a pinter play. Listen, this woman because <laughs> <laughs> like I was like ma'am ma'am come back to us come back to us because before that she was like urgent she's like her and this cop are searching the house she didn't need no backup she's like I'm gonna find my fucking daughter bitch and now oh, she's yeah. like oh. well, when she said when she said let me try to call his phone and yeah young seems like the phone doesn't work and she's mm-hmm. like oh really sounds Burr. good to me Burr. Sounds listen, like it works to me. Listen, listen, she's she's in it. And then she's like, now that I have a clue and I'm in danger, let me be a different character. Hmm. She's and the way they shot it, she's like, <laughs> I was like, this is the same person. What happened? Because yeah. she's like, let me spin around it's, for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> what are you waiting for, huh? Um, <laughs> it was it was almost like they would have been better off to cut that line. And just have her hang up. The cop says, who was that? And then he dies. That would have been it. Push it. Always push it. Sometimes yeah. brevity is your best friend. Had she hung up and the cop got it immediately, we'd have been like, oh, fuck, this is real life. And she would have ran. As opposed to being like, this woman says I'm in danger. <laughs> yes, yes. I agree. But everything other than that one moment, she was fierce. Right? Right? And I'm just going to strike that from the record. That whole moment didn't happen. <laughs> Because when she tackles that woman, young Sook over the over the the also, Listen. they must know how to do some construction in Korea. Because these two grown ass women get tackled over this bow over the the railing or whatever mm-hmm. on the balcony, and none of the none of the railings break. They are tiny, to be fair. That is true. That is true. No. They are both very tiny. All the women in this movie are tiny, gorgeous young people. Um, masquerading as parents. What? 
I'm gonna see how old if I can find out how old they are. Like it was, it was bad because they were like, "This is my mom." I'm like, "You're a lie. You're a lie. That's your sister." <laughs> Let's see. Kim Sung Ryum is Young Soo's mom, and she was born in 1967. Is that so, math? I don't <laughs> do math, but she. I feel like that's mom age. She just doesn't know damn Sixty-seven is fifty-five now. Ish, yeah. So that's that's damn. She does not look fifty-five. She does not look mid-fifties. No, mid-twenties, <laughs> mid-thirties. Right. Good for her. Good for you. Listen. Let's see, Lee L is Young Silk's mom. She does not have a birth date. She was never born. She's... That's how a lot of actors roll. But yeah, <laughs> no. Anyway. So. So yeah, so that's those are the two supposedly older women, and I think they've been lying about their ages to get more mom jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just I was shooketh. I was shooketh. Another thing that I because so I'm a skeptical bitch. We know this about me. I I am I'm a hater. I drink the hater raid every morning. It keeps me young. Rah rah rah. Um <laughs> so <laughs> so when I saw that like um Siyun was going to the house. So they can have this like two decade stretched out fight. I was like, no, don't do that. You're gonna hurt yourself. You know you're gonna fuck it up because logistics. But I was so, having so much fun while they were in the same house, fucking up each other's shit <laughs> in the different times. <laughs> that it, it just heightened the tension, and I forgot about any logistical problems that are probably there. I was well, like, yeah. of course that window's gonna explode because they fight in the past. Of course it's gonna explode. I don't care. It. <laughs> I don't Go care. It's 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 fun. It's exploding windows. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that did feel a little weird because like, did no one fix that window? But in the last twenty years, but I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I mean, who's gonna move into this house of murder? <laughs> True. Too sure. Like, I feel like this becomes that house where it has a bad history and nobody lives in it. So the kids are just like, that's haunted because nine people died in it that one summer. And they ride their bikes by it in the Stephen King novel. Like, nobody's living here anymore. <laughs> it's got the bridge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did like it, though. It was a fun storytelling convention that, to be used. It, it made it feel like a novella or a novel. As opposed to a movie. Because you know how sometimes you could tell where something's adapted from if it's adapted? And I feel like that kind of a move makes you feel like there's a novel somewhere that this was about to be. And then maybe the writer swerved. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I really liked, yeah. I really liked this whole thing. There's not many negative things I can say about it, if any at all. The wigs. That's my the wigs. Note. No, I want I want Jazz from Girl Scary to watch this movie um, and text me immediately. Those party listen, city wigs, like listen, listen, especially because like um, they had to have multiple wigs because this other timeline that was created when the dad got saved. So like Siyun is wearing a wig um, for a good part of the movie, and I'm just like, girl, what you doing? Stop right. it. Fix it. <laughs> Address that situation. Fix it, Jesus. Uh, Jesus, take the tone. <laughs> Jesus, take the wig. <laughs> we depart the we depart the red wig. <laughs> God, they were so bad. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a a good negative too. Yeah, that's the one thing the CGI couldn't fix. <laughs> was the wings right? Um. 
Okay, let's get into hot takes because I have thoughts on yours. Oh, I I love hate how it sets it up for a sequel at the top of the credits. I love hate it because it didn't do it in a way that didn't feel earned because if she's talking to her current self from the past, of course they're gonna have a plan. This bitch is devious. She's doing dastardly deeds. Like that's how she's rolling now. So of course she got a backup. That's why I stand this bitch. But also I, I hate it because sometimes sequels are not as good as the original. But again, if there were a sequel to pop off, I would roll my ass to that theater if we're not in COVID times and open my wallet immediately. Yeah, okay. So here's my thoughts on this possibility of a sequel. It's going to get too fucking complicated. And while, yes, this movie, they handled all my all of my reservations and all my fears. They handled it really well. I just don't know that I want to roll the dice again. You know what I mean? Like, because then I, then I go back and I'm like, okay, then if she is in contact with her future self now, then why wasn't she in contact earlier? And why wasn't she the one? I, I just... There's so many variables that it, as you continue to do sequels in this kind of time fuckery universe that you've created, it's just going to get really more complicated and it makes it easier to fuck up. I'm just going to say one, you're used to American sequels. This is South Korea. We got to trust South Korea because like, if they tell me a death to pull a truck, I'm going to watch them hit that fucker up because like, they never fail me. Two, <laughs> two, like, I think she called her future self after she found out she couldn't trust Soon Yu anymore. Yeah. Soo Yoon anymore. She, after she found out she couldn't trust Soo Yoon anymore, she was like, mm, where am I in the future? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, see, I yeah. Anyway, I still worry about a sequel. I know you trust Korea. I, I got trust yeah. issues with sequels. I have yet to see a bad movie for this podcast from Korea. So if they want to give me a sequel, I will I will tune the fuck in. Especially because like I feel like there's more to play with in this one, especially because they won't have to spend so much time setting it up. Because they spent 52 minutes setting it up before we started getting into who the real danger in the movie is. And when we got there, she was delightful. And I want more time with her. I just want more time with her. Give her more to do. And that's fair. That's fair. I guess time will tell, won't it? Mm-hmm. So my hot take is not surprising. Uh, I don't really have anything negative to say about this film. My negative thing was, well, besides the wings, cool. my negative thing was about the possibility of a sequel. But uh, South Korea never disappoints. Korea never disappoints. Mm-mm. No, so like far. we we are we are not batting over. we are batting whatever a good number is for batting because I don't do the sports ball, but whatever the good number is, we are batting that. yes i agree i think because this was this was it was a lot of fun and i think i think this may be hold on let me let me think back in my mind this might be my favorite south korea that we've covered they're all good they're all good and i know that's that's maybe controversial to say but this one this one might be my favorite I don't, we've covered a lot and they've all been pretty fucking awesome. Like we did A Tale of Two Sisters. We did Metamorphosis. We did that other, we did that Metamorph- other. The Closet? Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. yeah. The we've Closet and so Metamorphosis are very, are very up close second and third. And we've done more I forgot about already. Like we need to just go ahead and give Korea its own month because we've not just done a month in Korea and we know it's going to be four damn good movies. Or five, depending on the month, because we can't ever count. Um, 
So I think we need to just spend more time in Korea as, in, as a whole, as a general. <laughs> um, the next time we leave the country on purpose for any extended stay, Korean movies. Let's do it. We all say this. Yeah. <laughs> now, if y'all if y'all have Korean movies we've not covered, let us know because you know I live for the moment. Um, it's my favorite song. I love it when I like this is a Korean movie, bitch. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be good, and I get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's bad. Like, no, not yet. Not for this podcast. Not for the um, podcast. Don't recommend bad Korean movies or ruin our streak. Recommend good ones, y'all. If you gotta, if you're gonna be entering this chat, like this Discord, this Twitter, this Facebook, this Instagram, have you gonna call us, beep us? If you're trying to reach us with your Korean <laughs> suggestions, make sure they're good. Because like, don't just be out here choosing violence. Nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah. For real, we need. We don't need chaos. We need. We have enough chaos in the real world. Listen, let me have my joy. And my joy is Korean horror movies because they're all bops so far on this podcast. Right. Oh, hold up. I got something interesting. So on the IMDb page, the writers, it says Sergio Koski is credited as the writers. But it's based on the original screenplay by Chung Hyun Lee. So I wonder... What what does that mean? It means somebody wrote a screenplay and then somebody wrote a script. <laughs> okay. I'm confused. But okay. So they like rewrote it. Yeah, that happens all the time. You've never noticed that? This is the first time I've noticed it read or like worded that way. Usually it's it like co-written or you know. It gets worded that way a lot, like a lot, a lot. Because somebody's gotta write the original it. screenplay and sell it, and then somebody's gotta buy it and then rewrite it into the script that's gonna be used for filming. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe I haven't like noticed, but yeah, I wanted. To, I just wanted to look and make sure I get. We give yeah. directors and writers their credit. Yeah, the direct, it's directed time. by. Oh, it's directed by that person. So the original writer is the director. That's cool. It's, I love when people sell their vision and then the vision comes back to them like a boomerang. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So Chung Hyun Lee is the director. And original screenplay writer, but then they so they they probably brought in someone else to be like rewrites and all that stuff. Okay, that makes sense. In my head. Yeah, that happens all the time. Like if you watch the credits on movies, a lot of the times the screenplay is whoever has it. Like if I if I write a screenplay tonight and, it's up, and I show it to my managers and like we could sell this bitch, which is the dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we sell it to somebody like like a company or whatever, and then they hire their writers to like judge it up, and then it goes forward. Yeah, because usually people who write the screenplay, unless you like have a, some power or a name or you're producing it yourself, you don't really get to like carry it through. That's a very rare thing. Unless um, it's indie movies. Indie movies are a whole different beast because they can never get funding. Right. I learned something new every day, Sheree. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, I just haven't looked that closely before. But yeah. anyway, it was interesting. That's interesting. A little, little tidbit, little fact about... The call. <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> I thought a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> that is our thoughts on the on the call, on many other things, on all the rabbit holes we go down here on Fear Street. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to see. We're going to see what next week is. At, at the time of this recording, we have not spent the wheel in our July Thursday Thursday. So we're keeping the surprise alive all summer, y'all. And we yeah. will be back with whatever we back with. And you are welcome because we will right. be welcome in theory. Um, right. 
Well, y'all know what we're doing, but we don't know. <laughs> they might not know if they didn't watch Thursday Thursday. Maybe they can call us and tell us over the landline. It's got to be a landline. I don't have a landline, no. though. Damn. We're millennials. Ain't nobody got no landlines anymore. <laughs> You're going to call somebody's grandma to be like, tell that bitch she's covering blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. There we go. Here we go. We'll see y'all next time. Yeah, see y'all next week with some more surprises. I hope Bye-bye. they're good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.